Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to Third Shift 245. Hello, everyone. This is episode 245 of Third Shift. As I sang a wonderful song, does it sound a little bit like something you might have heard before? Who knows? Who knows? All music sounds alike. You can't tell. See? Matt's going, I don't know. I don't think it did. Perfect. Perfect. That means I was off key enough to where no one will ever know. It was truth of you fully only half listening. I was doing the dance thing, and then I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, my neck is making a really weird sound every time I do that." Is my well, neck that's because be we're broken? old, man. And then I when was we're also halfway like, to the grave. I was. <laughs> I went in a totally different direction in my head. So if you did sing a recognizable song, I'm nowhere near close to knowing what it would have been. It's understandable. It's perfect. That's how we roll around here. All right, everybody. This is a brand new episode. We've got some cool stuff to talk about. But before we do, you know what we got to do. We got to talk about what we've been up to this week. Because you might be interested, maybe. And if you aren't, well, you're in for it anyway. (laughs) Mr. Matt, hey, that's him. See him over there? Did you hear him chuckling? Normally I introduce him, but he kind of stepped in this week. So you already know he's here. So it's like, well, why why introduce him as the inglorious bastard? The, uh... What did I call him the one week he was super happy about? I'm not, Who knows? I'm not gonna tell you. I'm not letting you I'm not letting you remember this. It's not gonna happen. Oh, it won't catch on unless I go back and listen. This week he is the inglorious bastard himself. It's Mr. Matt. He is the boss man. Let's go, Matt. What happened this week? I'm ready. I'm itching. Do you see? Like I'm like steepling my fingers. I'm ready. I'm getting like the I'm getting like the Dave Chappelle itch, you know, that character Tyrone yeah. mm-hmm. Biggums, I think his name is. Cause tomorrow. T- maybe today as you're hearing this people my movie theater is open for the first time in like a mm-hmm, year and a quarter mm-hmm. it's it's open i looked on the app last night showtimes appeared for friday and i went yes and i also went yes because i have fridays off so it's just gonna be it's just gonna be movie afternoon i was hoping for early shows like 10 o'clock you know 11 mm-hmm. o'clock and so i could do like three shows before the, the night even hit but it looks like it's just afternoon times, but I'm going to be seeing Godzilla vs. Kong, or Mortal Kombat, or Nobody, or The Wrath of Man, any kind of movie that's out. I don't even care what it is, because my Regal Unlimited subscription is going to hit again. I'm going to be watching movies for 50 cents all day, every day, every single day of my life I'm going to go watch movies. I don't even care. I'm going to be so much happier than I have been, because I'm going to go on a cinematic adventure. It's going to be fantastic, but that's coming up. That's next week. It's just, I'm on the verge of that. Whereas this week, what did I do? I played an awesome video game called It Takes Two with my buddy Eric on Friday night. And I don't remember. <laughs> I know you I, don't remember a lot. I, I, I remember we, when we were playing this, I was like, I got to talk about this piece on the show. I got to remember this segment. But it was late in the night. We were drinking beers, having a great time. And I, I just remember <laughs> so many times during that saying, God damn, Eric, this game is so good. Look at this uh, thing we're doing. Look how amazing this thing is that we're doing. We're doing it in this game. It's And like we always say, we put over this game before on the show we talked about it. It's things that you couldn't do by yourself. I couldn't do by myself. You have to work together in unique and cool and really fun, wild, interesting ways to make things happen in the game. And you just can't believe it when it happens. I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. I don't remember what it was, but I still can't believe it. I'll tell you this, man. We were on that same boat. We were riding. We were having a good time. But I knew, I knew Mr. Matt wasn't going to remember everything because it got to the point where Matt, normally we, we 50-50, you know, we'll be looking at a puzzle, we'll be doing a thing and it's like, oh, I see, oh, yeah, okay, I got it, I got it. But it got to the point where I was like, Matt, you got to do this. Oh, shit, dude, you're right. Okay. Accomplish the mission. We get to the next puzzle. Matt, look up there. Try that. Oh, shit, you're right. Okay. Got it. Okay. And I went... All right, Matt's not going to remember because normally Matt would pick up on all this and we, it'd be like just us cruising and bruising. Mm-hmm. Instead, I got a hint and then Matt grabs it. <laughs> I went, Matt's not going to remember what we did. That's yep, that's where we're at. He's not going to remember half of this. So we, started off in, <laughs> in, we started off in a good way with Outriders. We played a little bit of that. Oh, we did. Yes, we did. And it was fun, but I feel like it wasn't an Outriders night. It should have been an It Takes Two night the whole way through. All night. And we would have mm-hmm. just... We probably would have beaten it at that point, but still, that night was great. Outriders oh, was yeah. fun. We hit the wall. We went to It Takes Two, and it was just whew, rocket ship to the little moon right after that. Oh, 
So good. And that's why I think it was perfect, though, because we did start with Outriders, and we had fun. Mm-hmm. But when we hit that wall, instead of just going up against it until we brute forced it yeah. or got mad and just said, all right, we'll call it a night, we went, nah, let's just stop here. We did two tries on this thing. We're getting our butts kicked right now. Obviously, that means we just don't have the capacity to understand what we're supposed to be doing. Let's go play It Takes Two. And we did exactly that and had a fantastic time. Now, even though I just teased you a little bit and said, you know, I don't 100% remember. Well, it, was a good, it was a good night. Happened. We were having a lot of fun. It was good. I just go, I remember, once again, it's pictures, scenes, yeah, parts. Yeah. I remember. And I'm like, this is awesome because it was great. And I had such a good time. Mm. But it's also bad because I'm like, well, that level's kind of like 50-50 for me now. I don't really remember how great it was. I remember thinking and saying it was great, but I don't know. I remember the gravity boots, and I was big and small, and there were mm-hmm. parts where like, it seemed like you had to go up and I had to go down, but we had to flip it via some weird like gravity. Oh, that's what it was. Like I had to boost stuff up, and you had to... like Your reverse gravity was pulling you up, so I had to trigger platform so you could jump there, and then you had to get ones for me. Oh, man. See? It's, it was, it was really good. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. It was super cool, and I hope, I hope, other developers catch on to that mm. and start making games that are similar to that because it's such a good time. And I know it's kind of like a niche because you got to have a co-op partner to play with. Mm. But gosh dang, it is so cool if you have a buddy or pal or kid or somebody who you can get on there and do it with. And I feel like that's the only thing that would keep other developers from doing it is that these puzzles aren't just super easy baby puzzles. You stand on the switch and then I walk. I mean, there are a couple of those, but a lot of it is you got to think and I got to think and we got to time it right. Because that's what we talked about with uh, when we talked about it on the episode before. Of just, it's a little too, you couldn't just be like, Daddy, here, controller, you help me out with this one. Because you have to be on the ball and I have to be on the mm-hmm. ball. And we got to be in sync to do it. I think that would be the only thing holding other games back from doing this stuff is because you can't just have one person carry it. You have to both be there and doing the thing. But that's what makes it so awesome. So. I still think it has a place. As long as you don't go AAA over budget ridiculousness, oh, yeah. I think it can survive. I think it has a home. It's already shown because it's sold like a bajillion copies. Mm-hmm. It's been on Twitter. Everybody's really happy about it's been it. winning awards, too, here and there. Yeah. So I think we got something. I think we're going to see a few more of those games pop up in the next few years. Here's hoping. And then, of course, I always play it every single day, Animal Crossing New Horizons. I need to start getting back into playing it at lunch. I've been taking my lunches down in the cafeteria so I can look out at the beautiful springtime. But I get home and I'm tired of playing Animal Crossing. I just just want to fall asleep. But I still love it. It's still cool. But I'm getting that itch to redesign the island. But I need the time and energy to be able to do that. Maybe sometime over the weekend I'll start picking at it. That's always fun. I also played Resident Evil Village. I streamed it, twitch.tv slash thirdshiftme. Go check it out. Check out the replay. I might export it to my YouTube channel. We're going to do it. And then, sadly, I haven't even touched it since the stream because I've been playing only one game all the rest of the week. And I got to say, it's weird because I work this four-day schedule, Monday through Thursday. So you think Friday would be the magical day? Where it's like, ah, everyone else is at work and I'm at home and I'm doing my thing. This is like my big day of just doing stuff. But for some reason, Saturday is like the magical day. Because two weeks ago, I didn't like Near Replicant. And then I played it all day Saturday. And I love it. Last week, you heard me on the podcast. I wasn't really feeling Mass Effect Andromeda. It's kind of cool, but I don't know. I'm 50-50. I hate this part. I hate that part. I played it all day Saturday. And now I love it. It's weird because you have Mass Effect expectations. You're expecting Paragon and Renegade and the galaxy's going to be destroyed. Huge stakes. It's a totally different type of game than that. But the gameplay is so much fun. The powers are so much fun. Synergizing them together now is so much fun because certain powers will prime enemies for a combo. So you hit them with Incinerate. Now they're primed for a combo. Now you hit them with a biotic skill and it goes... Giant fireball, fire combo, big detonation, big damage radius, huge damage numbers. And then, of course, they go flying. Enemies just flying everywhere. And then the actual speed of the gameplay and the movement and the traversal, it's a lot faster. It's a lot more fluid. You have like a little jet pack. You got a dash. When you upgrade your biotic stuff enough, you get like a blink. So it's like, 
big old like blink dash. You're like phasing through the cover to get in closer to shoot the enemies or to hit them with more stuff. I unlocked via somebody's side story a little like robot dude that follows me around now and shoots enemies with lasers and missiles. The combat is so much fun. In one of the first worlds, I went back to it, stumbled across this giant expanse of enemy bases, and then just stumbled across the big enemy base. I was going through it for like 20 minutes, killing people, hopping up and down platforms, turrets, taking them out, discovering this whole big underground thing where I fought a big boss, then went out and fought like a big planetary boss, this big like mechanical squid looking thing. The scale of some of these things is so good. And the combat is so much fun, and the powers, and synergizing them, and getting your team together. Characters that I hated from the start, now they're in my team because they're just badasses. They charge in and just blow people away as I'm blowing them up with these big old fireballs. It's so much fun! The story's still kind of, I would say, hit and miss. It's not Mass Effect level epic, but it's not that kind of a story. And you don't have Paragon and Renegade really cool badass choices, but you're not that kind of a character. And I don't know what it is, but it's just... Ever since that Saturday, I started playing it. I was like, I'll play for an hour or two. I need to get some some reps in here, and then I'll, I'll play some Returnal. I'll play some Resident Evil Village. I'll do something else. I'll play some Animal Crossing and start redesigning stuff. I started at like 8 a.m. Looked up. Oh, it's 6 o'clock p.m. I haven't even eaten any food yet. I haven't left the couch other than to use the restroom and get some water. Oh, wow. There's something about this game. And now every single day after work, go home. What am I going to do? Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Uncovering new planets. I got quests out the wazoo right now. I don't even know where to start, but everywhere I go, it's fun. Like I said, sometimes the the character models are a little iffy. The animations aren't that great. Some characters aren't super interesting, but even the ones that I hated when I started, now they're, they're picking up cool like side stories and interactions with other characters. One character you start with, you pick up a weird alien. It's kind of like a first contact situation. He's in your crew now. Your two little side characters, they start this like insult diplomacy with each other. You walk in, they're insulting each other. Like, what are you doing? Like, oh, we're just learning what pisses each other off. So we'll never say that again. We're like learning each other's culture. And I'm like, that makes so much sense. Now you know what not to say. I never thought of something like that. And those little story developments and little character things are just tweezed into this game that everyone says is horrible garbage. It's, it's wild. It's crazy. Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, I want to play it right now. I do it all the time. I just want to go do that. I don't want to do the podcast. <laughs> got to finish. You got to finish, man. We're not done yet. Okay? All right, but I'm done for the week. I went on a big Mass Effect rant. What about you, Eric? What have you been up to this week? All right. Well, in the real world, I've been ripping up carpet, boys and girls. We've been taking there, just taking them razor blades and slashing and gnashing and just pulling carpet up. We're going to be putting hardwood flooring in all the rooms. So one by one by one, every day I do a different room. It's such a fun, epic quest that I go on. It's weird because I think the stuff or particles or whatever, the fluffy foam under the carpet is, it like hurts my hands. It makes them hurt and they burn and they get all like super dry. It's, it's unfortunate. It's, it's very unfortunate. But it's part of the necessary process to get to that good zone. To get to that flooring that's going to be there for the rest of my life till I'm dead and just beautiful. No more. I have uh, severe allergies, so no more of that crap in the car, but just gooping and icking up no matter how much you vacuum or clean. And then your allergies are puffing and going nuts. All gone. I'll be able to swift or sweep all the good stuff. Keep everything nice and clean. I can't wait. So that's real life. That's what I've been doing in the real world. Now, of course, in the video game world... I've been playing several games. It Takes Two, we already discussed. Played with Matt, had a great time. It was so much fun. Can't wait to get to the next world, which we got to, but we stopped before we uh, got going on it. We're going to continue finish that game probably the next time we play, honestly. And then I played a little bit of Outriders. Once again, as Matt mentioned, we played together. Uh, I didn't play with my brother very much this week. Uh, me and him, our times just didn't sync up. So that Friday was the last time I got to play. I'm so close. We need to go ahead and we need to get to that level 30 and get that game beat. And that way I can get my, you know, my gear and finish that game up because it's a great game. So much fun. But I feel like we're starting to get into the next zone of games that are coming and it's going to be too much. There's going to be too much happening. So I'm looking at Outriders. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We got to freaking push this to the end and get it gone. Uh, and of course, near Replicant. You talked about it a little bit, so you love the game, but you just don't play it anymore. 
I am the opposite of that. I love the game, and I do play it a whole bunch. And I feel so bad because I started loving it, and then I was like, all right, I need a game to play on the breaks. And then Mass Effect Andromeda put a little fish hook in my mouth and went, hey, come on over here, buddy. And the, but I got I to gotta play this, but I can't. I can't. Oh, I can't. And off you went. Yep. I know it's sad. It's sad. But I keep going. I'm I keep chugging along. I decided to do all those side quests, get all the money so I can buy all the weapons, do what I gotta do, and I've just been enjoying it. And I'm gonna say I've been mildly cheating because those side quests, I don't try to just figure it out anymore. I pull up a sidebar and I go, Where is iron ore? Where is broken lenses? Where are this? Where is that? Et cetera, et cetera. And then I just go to that area and I farm it till I get the appropriate amount. And then I bust out, turn it in, get the next thing, and keep rock and rolling. And I'm finding I'm enjoying that a lot more than just trying to like 100% go through blindly, figure out where it is, guesstimate based off what I think it is and what it should be, which most of the time is right. But nothing's worse than farming for two hours and then not finding anything you thought would be where it was and you just wasted your night. I don't, I don't got time for that. So I just, I do that. I'm having a great time with it. And then when I get to that point where I'm kind of like, ah, this is getting a little ridiculous. I go, let's go do a main quest. Then I go do a main quest or two. And oh man, the story's popping. Everything's going on. I'm like, oh, I'm in it. I'm in it. And then I'm all jazzed up and pumped up again. I can't wait. I'm going to smoke these fools. They're going to see that I'm the best. And that motivates my dumb brain to go, let's go grind some more because I'm going to be so powerful to beat this guy. And then it gives me the energy to go do all those side quests all over again until I get bored or to the point where I'm like, okay. And then I do it all over again. Rinse, repeat. I found it. That's the way you do it. That's how you get into through near replicant. And that may sound like a grind, but it's not. Yeah. You could beat this game without doing any of those side quests and just follow the epic freaking main quest. It's just my personal taste. I like to smash things. I like to go in and just wreck face and have a great time doing it. So that's why I enjoy those side quests. And I'll say, as I said before, some of those side quests have some great commentary by your uh, cast and friends. And that is the reward when you get to see the interactions of them just giving each other shit, having a good time. And I'm like, yeah, that's what builds up the camaraderie and makes you feel like you are a family in this game. With that being said, of course... Ah, family, you know? I was just going to say, that is the perfect segue. <laughs> I went and played a game about a family. Eth Winters, his, his beautiful wife, Mia, whatever her name is. <laughs> She's always dead. She always has problems. And her little baby Rose, you know, everything went wrong. And I went to find them. And I went to a house of another family. Lady Demeshkris Crew Crew and her little freaking witch sisters. They're not sisters, Eric. They're daughters. They're daughters. Okay? Okay. Get it right. Yeah. Get it right. I went into their house and I said, where's my family? And they said, shut up, fool. So I killed their family. That's what I did. I did that. Was it fun? No. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I was sad. I wanted that family to stay with me forever. But I also wanted my family, but we can't have that because it's Resident Evil and bad things have to happen and crazy things have to happen. It's just the way it goes. So one of us had to go. And that's the way it went. Now you're saying, Eric, you just spoiled the game. No, I didn't. What did you think was going to happen? Did you honestly think that you were going to become friends? I really thought this was a marriage life simulator. Go out to the weird country, uh-huh. marry uh-huh. a uh, marry a, a fancy regent, a tall vampire lady, yep. and live in peace forever. I thought that's how it was going to be. You, I didn't come talk <laughs> you to you and did. say, "Yeah, she's going to turn into a boss fight full of weak points and things." I've never said that. You've I've never always said, said it "I can't wait." It, uh-huh. it becomes the Sims. You know, you fight through the werewolves and you yep. you go to the castle, and then it's the Sims. And you're like, "Oh, well, I'm going to make dinner." For Lady right. D. Oh, yep. hey, girls, what do you want? We want pizza. All right, I'll order pizza boom, for boom, you, boom. and I'm making the steak and eggs. You know, we're doing, like, breakfast for dinner for us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. I thought that's how it, was, how you, it went. How dare like, you spoil it for me? How dare you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I did this. All right. I had such a great time with it. The first area was awesome. The game is so strange. Like, I love this. I'm, I'm loving this game. Having such a good time with it. It's not as scary as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Okay, it's definitely more action-y, more just like your typical run-of-the-mill, find your ammo, find your secrets, move on to the next zone, keep going. And then I went to the second zone, 
And everyone's been talking up the second zone. And this is where I'll stop. I won't say spoilers about what it is, but you go into the second area and the baddie there, it's like a, it's more old school haunted kind of thing going on, a whole hmm. horror vibe going. And it was really fun, but it was not hard at all. Like I zip, zam, boomed right through that thing. I think I, I honestly did that entire second area in about an hour. Hour and a half tops. Whereas the first castle with, you know, the, the vampires took me hours upon hours because it's so large and you could explore all over the place. And, of course, you'd have to run from the big, tall vampire lady several times. Which, honestly, I'll tell you this, too. I think I only had to run from her three times, four times tops. But I was watching some playthroughs of others and, man, they she was just following them like it was nobody's business. Hmm. And I'm like... Well, she must not like me. It must be like real life. Nobody likes me, you know. And so they <laughs> stayed away because I rarely had to run. Like I rarely had an encounter where I was like, "Oh, there she is!" Oh gosh, it was only in one particular spot that it happened several times, and then I completely outpaced her, and that's why I think it just reset her to that same spot again. Yeah. So I don't know what the deal was, but I didn't really have a lot of the crazy follow mechanics going on for me. I was basically able to just explore that whole castle at will, getting everything and everything I could find until I was ready to just rock and roll. It was still a great time. Did the second zone, had a good time, but it was way faster than I thought it was going to be. And now I've got the third and then the fourth zone. And I'm like, well, okay, well, that second zone was only like an hour. I'm probably going to finish the next one in an hour, two hours, so... The game, and I, I only expected like, you know, 11, 15 hours, but I'm cruising through it. So I'm like, holy crap, man. I don't want it to end. I don't want it to end yet. This is, I'm having a good time. I don't I don't want to beat this, but at the same time, I do, because as I said, we're getting in the next step of games that's going to come. So for Resident Evil Village, it's one of those, I'm having a great time. I'm rocking and rolling through it. Some of the stuff is, it's way more adventure, just action than I thought it was going to be. Mm. But I still like it. But it's also going by really fast. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think it was going to be this quick and easy. Huh. Yeah, I'm I'm obviously nowhere near as far as you are. But like we said offline, you do the village part, which I assume is the village demo, which we both missed out on. And then you're instantly in the castle part. And within like maybe 15 minutes after the castle demo ended, you fight one of the daughters and you win and she's dead. And I went, well, this game is going by really fast right now. I really like the Maiden demo where it's a lot of just silence and creepy and, you know, things dropping. And the village part was like action magoo. Things are jumping on you, getting your hand all bit up. It was just nonstop craziness. And then even the quieter part, it just went by like that until a little mini boss fight. And then it's over. It feels like it's not rushed. But it's faster than I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. I thought it was going to be a lot more sneaking around, you know. Not like sneaking, sneaking. A lot more running you know from the about. bad guy, trying to survive and get out yeah, of there. Yeah, like, and then come like back. trying not to get noticed by the thing that's, things that are creeping up above or stuff like that. And it's just kind of been like wham, bam, wham, bam, bam. And I'm in the same boat. That's exactly how it feels for me. I will say uh, the rest of your adventure through the castle, it is a little bit slower paced. Uh, you will have the chance to explore and mess around a bit. But at the end... Every time you encounter a specific spot, you'll have the engagement and do the thing. And then mm-hmm. your fear goes lower because you keep handling business. Right. And so, therefore, you know your foes are, you know, decreasing and you don't have to worry as much and you keep rocking and rolling. So, but on the other hand, it makes you feel good because then you know you can go all of those red rooms and go ahead and clear them out and get all the stuff and become a powerhouse so that you can move on to the next zone with all the ammo, all the power-ups mm-hmm. and destroy the enemy which i do appreciate as i've said before so overall a great time uh in fact i'll probably be playing it after the podcast tonight and doing a little bit more with the third zone once i get back to the area where i gotta yeah initiate a few things which i won't spoil and a couple things happen it's gonna be good i can't wait well something you don't have to wait for anymore eric it's the release this week. I went on a Mass Effect rant earlier. I'm going to go on a Mass Effect rant now because it's Mass Effect Legendary Edition. It's out tomorrow's recording this today, possibly, as you're listening to this. Developed, of course, by BioWare, but also brought to the table by Blind Squirrel Games and Abstraction Games. 
people who do the remakes, the remasters, the I guess just the remaster. It's the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. It's the whole trilogy. It's been up It's been up-rocked. It's been looking fine and polished and fancy and nancy. But I'm there's, you know, I almost put on my tinfoil hat for this one. Because what do I always do in the releases if it's a big release, like Resident Evil? Today, Thursday, you can go and see the review mm-hmm. as of like an hour ago. Oh, Resident Evil Village. Hey, there's the review. Oh, IGN says it's pretty good. We'll say that on the podcast. I've been seeing some footage of it. I've been seeing some person's like live impressions. Here's a little first 15-minute playthrough. All right, I can get some info, get a good vibe for it, talk about it on the podcast. Let me do that. Let me do that today. We get home. Do-do-do. YouTube. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Oh, here's the breakdown of how things are different from like three months ago. Hmm. All right, Mass Effect Legendary Edition review. Click. This this is not there. Why isn't it there? Google Mass Effect Legendary Edition review. IGN, GameSpot, Game Informer, two other major news sites. Their headline is the exact same. Where's our Mass Effect Legendary Edition review? We got the review code like 48 hours before the review embargo was up, which isn't enough time to do anything in a big game like this of three giant RPGs all back to back. Oh, so we're still working on it. And then the entire article is just the press release about what they say. Oh, you know, Mass Effect 1 got the most improvements because it's the oldest of the games and textures are up and visuals are up and frame rates improved and doodly doo and the Mako handles a lot better now. It's all the same thing. And I went, hmm, what's going on here? And I obviously I've been jaded. And I don't trust Bioware that much, even though Mass Effect Andromeda right now is really good and I'm really liking it. But there's something about this. And I, I looked, I Googled, I Googled even harder. I Googled the internet even more. And I found from Metro, some publication in the UK. They had a written review. And I went, okay, I'm going to read this. And they actually started saying stuff that wasn't in the press releases. And they started saying, hey, we got our review code super late because they were working on some emergency patch to fix a bunch of issues. But even after the patch, we're hoping for a day one patch because there's a lot of glitchy stuff in here. There's a lot of bugs. Combat is super wonky sometimes. And granted, they're talking about the Mass Effect 1. Uh-huh. And that's the oldest. That's the jankiest. But they were saying there's all kinds of bugs with cover and aiming down sights and just combat in general, AI issues. And I went, is this, is this, why? Is this why nobody has a review up? What's going on here? I want to be hyped. I want to be excited. Because you and I love the, the Mass Effect trilogy. We uh-huh. love those games. I want to see it. I want to see it looking good. The one video I saw from IGN that was fairly recent was the side-by-side comparison. Here's the original. Here's the remaster on this side. The textures look amazing. The aliens' faces, they look detailed. They look like they're real things now. But like all the shadows, all the moody lighting, it's all gone. Now it's just like somebody took, took the dimmer switch and went, Reet! everything's all bright and shiny, like super shiny. Like, not even real shiny. It looks weird. I don't know what to think about this. It looks strange to my eyes, because I remember it being... It's, like, dramatic and moody looking. And that's not what it looks like now. Everything's shiny. Everything's got the lens flares. It's like going from Star Trek, Wrath of Khan, to Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams one. Everything's shiny and clean and fast and, and, and zoomy. So it's weird. What do, you, what do you want from your Mass Effect? Do you just want it to be cleaned up and look really cool? Because that's what this is. It just feels weird, though. It feels like something's missing. And then, why doesn't anybody? Why can't anybody have videos up of it? What's going on? What's happening? What is with this? What's going on? I got my tinfoil hat on. I say something's wrong with this game. They screwed it up, and they don't want anybody to know about it. And I'm paranoid that that's that that's the case. Nah, so it's, it's a few, good thing I wasn't sold on it because what's going on here? A few people I'm following are all saying it's remarkable and amazing and good to go. So. You got both sides, I guess. You got a little bit of weirdness happening, but you also got a few people saying, oh, gosh, golly, it's Mass Effect, and I'm loving it again, and this is so cool to see everything redone and cleaned up a bit, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know what to think, Eric. I don't don't know what to think. Do they have video footage up of them saying it with their video review? As soon as you buy it and you're going to start playing it, and you'll be going through Mass Effect 1 through 3, and you'll be gone for six months. I'm not going to do it. It's too much. And I play this, my same Shepard the same way, and female Shepard looks wrong, and I don't like that. That's that's 100%. You can't argue that one. I, I agree. So I don't know. It's a big re- it's a big release. I did. I obviously have to talk about it. 
But the more I looked into it, the more confused I got and unnerved I got because every big release has stuff out as of now to get you hyped to buy it. Now there's nothing. There's like literally no big major press coverage other than these are the big differences we found, which is the same stuff they talked about in all the release stuff. Mm. I'm doing a big shrug, everybody. Hey. I want to be excited, but what's happening? We'll what find out. You'll see in the next few days. It'll all post up. Everything will be okay. But in the meantime, here's a weird game, all right? And why do I mention this? Is because long ago, Subnautica released, all right? And that was a game I totally didn't care about at all. However... I got it for free via Epic Games or somewhere along those lines. I think it was Epic Games. I think it's free on like everything now. Everything like it was on yeah. PS Plus. Epic it was games, yeah. I was gonna say this. one of them. I got it for free and I was like, well, you know what? It seems neat. I'll download it. So I downloaded it. I played it for probably about four or five hours. I was having a good time with it. I enjoyed it, but it's not for me because I just don't enjoy that open-ended stuff where you just do whatever. <laughs> I like being told a story. I like being given a path with options, of course, to divert, but there's a path. Follow the path. You'll finish the game. You'll win. That's how you beat this game. I don't like games where there's like, hey, you exist and do cool stuff. So Subnautica is, of course, developed and published by Unknown Worlds Entertainment. Came out a long time ago. They talked about having DLCs, etc., etc., for this thing. Well, apparently, Below Zero was going to be the DLC, but it got too big. It was a case of them going and going and going, and I went, wait a minute, this is too big to be a DLC, we can't do this. So they released it as its own entity, its own game, standalone game, for you to purchase. Which, when I was looking at it, watching some reviews and everything, checking out some gameplay... It does merit it. I understand why that happened. Because this this one, all right, you go flying around. You're like, hey, you're going to go exploring this new planet. It's like 45B or some weird name. My ship crash lands is on the, the polar point, And now you're in this entirely new environment. It's a year later from the original Subnautica. And now you're in this new area because you were trying to get the hell out of there and keep exploring and doing other stuff. You crash land on the polar points. And now you have to do the same thing you did in the original Subnautica, which was explore around, find out all the pieces you need, build a base, try to figure out how to set up communications, get the heck out of there, survive, obviously, the indigenous life forms, etc., etc. Well, now you're doing it in a polar environment, but you know a little bit more, you got a little bit more. Everything they learned from Subnautica, where it went for base building, they've got new parts and pieces for you, new things to make it quicker, easier, faster, allow you to build your base in more locations. Because guess what, everybody? It's first person. You get to build a cool little base, finding pieces while you're exploring, doing your scuba diving adventures. And on top of it, unlike the original Subnautica, you get to go above ground this time. So you're going to be walking around doing some above ground exploring, exploration, as well as going beneath into the ocean, the water, and exploring down there, getting your parts and pieces, building the base, excavating what you need to survive, collecting data. And also this time around, you are in contact with other people. So there's more of a story this time. You'll actually get some interactions with others telling you what's going on, what you need to be doing. And then you report back and you get some diaries, this and that. So you're actually learning and figuring out what you're up to, why you're doing it, what's going on in the other, you know, the outside of this you know, unknown planet. It's really neat. It's really cool. But as I said, if you're not interested in like just that open world exploration, do as you will. And mind you, this is no crazy combative thing. So like if you're underwater and you and you see this giant shark-like creature and it decides to attack you, you don't have guns, you don't have any of that. You have to you got a knife. You can like pop it off, but your main goal is to survive. Your main goal is to get back in your little turtopod, you know, escape from it, get away from it, or try to lure it away so that way you can come ring about round and get whatever it is it was around that you wanted in the first place, that type of thing. It's not about combat. It's not about any of that. It's about exploration and then just checking out these really cool different areas, biomes, and having a good time doing it. I feel like it's something I should mention, which I have. I feel like you should check it out, but it might not be for everybody. It's not for me. I do appreciate it, and it is gorgeous and fun, and the the sounds and everything in it are really cool. If you got headphones on, like you can hear 
the creatures and the, just the water and everything just all over the place. And it feels like you are there underwater doing stuff. And that's really, really cool. It's, it's just neat to see that we've come that far with sound and everything. So I don't know. Check it out. Subnautica Below Zero might be for you. It can be found over on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox One, XX, PC, you name it, it's there. I feel like this is a game that I would like to be for me. I I always like the idea of these kinds of games, but they're just never for me. When I buy them and play them, I can't get into them. But what I can get into is Shift Codes for Golden Keys, Borderlands Game of the Year Edition, and Borderlands 3, more importantly. So hit up the Twitter, the Rout, the Forums, the Instagram, hit up your preferred Shift Code provider, and get yourself some free loot in two fantastic games. I don't have anything to say about Borderlands Game of the Year Edition, because we never played it together. So I'm sure it's I great. It by myself. I'm sure it's fun. It was fun, and it is cool, and it was neat, Matt. You know, they really did make the graphics shine, kind of bumped everything up, didn't make it look like it was an old school game. Gosh, bless. And, you know, while we're talking about bumping things up, making it look pretty and shiny, guess what? I'm skipping. You're thinking where I'm going, but it ain't where I'm going. Kevin Hart, Matt. All right? Over there on the Twitter. You know, the Borderlands movie's coming. We don't know how it's shaping up. We don't know anything. We just know what's happening. Well, Kevin Hart said, This one is going to be special. Brace yourselves, people. The action is insane. I am beyond thankful for this opportunity. Operation Shock the World is in session. Hashtag Borlands, hashtag Roland, Instagram.com, etc., etc., etc. That, I don't know why, but it pumped me up. You know, seeing Kevin Hart come on and just be like, oh my god, this craziness, this is awesome. What we're doing over here is freaking bonanzos. I can't wait for y'all to see it. I went, all right. Kevin Hart says he's excited and can't wait for me to see it. I'm on board. I can't wait to see it. It's it's pumping me up, making me feel good. I feel like we're about to see a whole new side of Borderlands, a whole new world of Borderlands, because obviously we already seen that the story's changing, events are changing. It's going to be its own iteration, not in the video game version of the Borderlands world. So it was just something fun. It's nothing big, but I, I thought it was cool. Yeah, I think it's cool too. I like seeing like the little bits and pieces from people on the set. Seeing Kevin Hart be super pumped about it is pretty cool. And speaking of seeing things and things being pretty cool, I got this feeling that something that's been buzzing around up in here, it's going to land real soon. It's called Bing Bong! We got a mailbag question. Oh my Not God. really a question, but we got a mailbag submission kind of thing. What? It's actually more of a suggestion or an idea. So we've been talking about the Borderlands movie for a while, saying, man, what's it going to be? What's it going to do? What's it going to look like? How's it going to look? Is it going to be CGI? Is it going to be live action? Is it going to be a mix of the two? What's it going to be? Our friend, our, our, our newest patron, our returning member of the crew, Player X, put on the Patreon, hey, fellas, I, I'm not reading it verbatim, but this is my imagination of his verbatim. Hey, fellas, what if the Borderlands movie looked like a scanner darkly and i went hey there's a movie i totally forgot about from forever ago and i went let me pull up that trailer and i went that movie still looks amazing today incredible imagine what you could do with that technique nowadays with computers and graphics and all the stuff it would look like borderlands come to life with real actors on the real screen i think that's a fantastic idea player x it is a fantastic idea. I love Scanner Darkly. I thought that was fantastic when it came out. I enjoyed it. It was a little bit long, but whatever. I still enjoyed it. Could it be what they're doing? Probably not. Probably not, Matt. I mean... But what if it was? What if it was? How well, how, how, how much cooler could it even look than that? And see, here's which already the, still looks amazing. And here's where you get my hopes up. Because I've already seen leaked images of on set and stuff like that. So I know they already have a whole bunch of props and things going. And immediately my mind was like, well, no, Matt. They've already got the props set. You already can see all sorts of cool stuff given away. But then I went, no, Eric. You could still just do it and just turn it Scanner Darkly style because you would still need props. You would still need all the things set up. They still sat in a diner and yeah, on a couch they still and Scanner Darkly with yes, humans. Yeah, Exactly. So they could do all that, but then, of course, just Scanner Darkly it and make it work. And now I'm like, man, man. That would be super cool, and it would kind of get rid of any of that weird game-to-movie kind of weirdness. Mm-hmm. We are like, that's not my Lilith, that's not my etc., etc. Because when you turn it into that more um, you know, etch-a-sketched, cartoonish look, 
you just go, oh, cool, cool. All right, I can see, I can see, I can see it. You can see it, you can feel it now, and it's not so alienated because they're all just actual real actors that you, actors and actresses that you know. What I remember from back in the day is them saying that it took like thousands of man hours to do the rotoscoping for a scanner darkly. Mm-hmm. Now, you got computers. Computers do everything. It's 2021. We got science and stuff. Imagine how much easier it would be, how much better it would look, how much more interesting stuff you could do with it in that, what, it's almost been, what, 30-year time gap almost? Mm-hmm. 20 years at least? Oh, 20 for sure, yeah. It would be. It would look incredible. Mm, yeah. Well, you know what I'll do? Hang on. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and text Randy Pitchford. And let's let him know that, like, if he hasn't already thought of this and that's what they're doing, that he needs to get on board with it. You know, I'm just typing this in right now. Dear, dear Randy, uh, third shift here. They, I know we we love you too. Uh, got an idea. A uh, one wonderful guy named um, Player X recommended that we set up a scanner darkly type animation thing for said movie, uh, Borderlands movie that you got coming up. We think it'd be great. We want you to get on that. Oh, he, he says he's on it. Don't you worry. All yeah, right. Oh, it just came through on my side of the group Got text, it on yours? too. Sweet. Okay. Nice. Perfect. Well, Player X, regardless of whether it was happening or not, your wish is coming true. Randy just, just said he's on it. Don't you worry. Bam. And speaking of wishes coming true, we've talked about it for, for what feels like months on this podcast. Every single episode, I say, where in the blue hell is my cartels event. Mm-hmm. And I say, I, I call out, I say, Steve at Gearbox, I know you, Steve, I won't say your last name. Sally, I know you who work over there too. And I call them out by name and I, I threaten to release their phone numbers on the air. And then they said, hey, look, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Look, we got it. Okay. Cartels event is coming back on the 24th of June, just in time for your birthday, Matt. And I went, oh, yeah, I can't wait. And then they also said, hey, we're, we're even going to spice it up more because now it's the revengeance of the return revenge of the of cartels the event. I can't, I can't even know what it is because I'm so excited. I'm so damn excited because I've been waiting for this one. And I get to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my OPQ system, max level, the best rolls, and it'll probably be some kind of weird, crazy version because revengeance of the revenge of the cartels, there's going to be some kind of twist on it. What's happening? That's exactly what I was wondering. I'm like, there has to be a twist. They wouldn't have just added the extra you know, revengeance. For no reason, but would they? Would they? Wouldn't they? I don't know. Is it going to be a twist? Is it going to be like a whole new area? Maybe not. Well, hang on. No, 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 no. Everybody, don't get excited. No. It won't be a whole new area, but you know what I mean. Maybe a new boss or a new section of that same environment. You know, the mansion you're going to be going to. I'm wondering if they change any of that up, or if they're just going to add a new enemy type or some new weapons. I don't know. I got it. I got oh. it, Eric. What is it? Because you know the original Cartels event, there's three enemy types, three mm-hmm. factions. Yep. Revengeance of the Revenge of the Cartels. How about a new faction? Oh, yeah. You design new cool enemies. We were going to put them in here, there, there, you know, maybe this piece of the director's cut content over here. You know what? Bam. Now they're here. Because all you do is just populate all those enemies in those same areas, all those same spawn points. It's not a lot more to do, but it's... When you farm through it three times, you go, okay, now we're back to the little flame dudes. Now it's some other new faction. And then maybe add in a couple new weapons to go with it so Mm -hmm. that we have a reason to farm each and every one, and and away you go. Or, and, either or, you add in another puzzle. You know how you remember you got that puzzle in the office room? Oh, yeah. You throw in a new one. It could even be in the office room, but you change it all up. Change, you know, so that way everybody's got a fresh puzzle to solve. Or you can add a secondary puzzle somewhere on top of it to get a chance at some epic loot or something. Or you add a new version or like possible like raid upgrade to Joey Ultraviolet. Mm-hmm. Maybe on that fourth run. I don't know, mean to put it in this much like gameplay phrasing, but maybe he's got like stacks. Once, you, once you've beaten him enough times, now if you spawn him, he can be at raid difficulty if you want. And you can turn it off and just farm him like regular mm-hmm. if you don't want to. Maybe he's revenging the revenge of the cartels he's revengeancing you the revengeance could be him becoming a raid boss yes yeah and then you'd have to go on with buddies and get wrecked or uh you know go solo if you're awesome and do it no matter which i think that would be awesome that would be the best way to go you had an easy raid boss in there for everybody to have fun with and get a chance at some better you know better unique loot whatever the case may be 
But like you said, make sure you can turn it off. Mm-hmm. So if you're just going solo and you just want to farm him like normal, it, he doesn't engage with you as a raid boss and just does it as his normal self. Mm. <laughs> Mr. Matt, what a good idea. And that ties in so well with a little mini event they're doing right now called the True Trials mode, because that mini event is going on from now until the launch of the Revenge of the Revenge of the Return of the Revengeance of the Cartels event. Uh-huh. And that's every single week, one of the trials, the boss, once you get all the way down, you're fighting that final boss, he's buffed up to raid difficulty now. He's got a massive pool of health. He's doing massive damage to you. And you can massively not turn this off. So if you were going to farm the Trial of Survival, sorry, you're going to have a tough time of it this week. Unless that's specifically what you wanted, in which case, good luck. You're going to have a tough time this week, and you're going to have a lot of fun with it. And, of course, fighting that unique boss, you know, all pumped up, jacked up, he has a chance to drop in either the Lob or the Lucky 7, which is from Moxie's Heist of the Handsome Jackpot. So you'll get a chance at that whenever you beat that boss. And on top of it, no matter how fast or slow you were, etc., etc., as long as you finish it, that legendary chest at the end, well, guess what? It's going to be full of legendaries, period. So you will for sure get awesome loot every time you do it. I think that's awesome because they did ramp back the amount of legendaries dropping naturally in the world these days. It's not ridiculous. They still drop, but this is that nice, hey... This is a guaranteed source of awesome legendaries for you. Oh, no. What? You just reminded me that they scaled back the legendaries, and the one thing that's coming is the one thing I need legendary drops in. I need my OPQ system. Damn it. But you are right. This is a very cool little mini event and a place to have guaranteed legendaries to farm and have a good time in. We love, like, the circles of slaughter, the trials. We loved going through it those couple nights that we did it. So if you love doing it, and you want to do it more and harder and more fun and get more rewards from it and get some guaranteed rewards in addition to a bunch of random legendaries, boom, this is for you. True Trials, baby. Go check it out. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to all sorts of really cool, fun Borderlands stuff here in the near future. And of course, coming up in the near future, Matt, is something we ain't mentioned at all because last year was so crazy that it made no sense. And this year it still doesn't seem real to me. I still am going, yeah, okay, we'll see. We'll see. But guess what? E3 2021 is right around the corner. And it's not the way it was. It's not the expo. You're not going in and we're seeing the videos and all the the big screen things. It's going to be an online event hosted by one Greg Miller from The Kind of Funny, whom I know uh, you got your Golden Boy, Alex Golden Boy Mendez, whom I'm not really familiar with. Golden Boy gets props because he was on AEW events, so go Golden Boy, you're go the best. Go Golden Boy, and Jackie Jing, whom I'm also not familiar with. Anywho's, these three are going to be hosting it, and it's, of course, over the, what, four days or so, whatever it is, June 12th through June 15th, 2021. It's right around the corner, Matt. And I was thinking, okay, well, it's probably going to be a bunch of weird stuff. I don't know. I'm I'm not sold. I'm just skeptical anymore. I feel like the world is dead and these events are just all gone and never coming back. But E3 is out there going, no, seriously, we got people. We got Nintendo coming, Microsoft coming, Capcom coming, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, Warner Brothers, Coke Media, who I don't really know, Square Enix, Sega, Gearbox, Bandai Namco, Turtle Beach, Xseed, etc. All going to be announcing titles and talking about current games coming up at this event. You had me? I got so excited that you ruined it. Because you said Gearbox is going to be there, and then you said all announcing uh-huh. upcoming titles. Now, and I went, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then you me, said, or talking about their stuff that's well, going on. Me, and I went, let me, Now let me bring you up a little bit. I'm going to break your heart because it ain't going to be nothing new. But apparently, as of now, Gearbox is set to be talking about Tribes of Midgard and Homeworld 3. And Tribes of Midgard looks pretty damn cool. So I do want to see and hear more about it and what's going on with it. Maybe get a really cool new trailer for it. We've been following on Twitter. So, you know, I've been keeping track of it, keeping pace with it. Maybe we'll get some solid concrete info on it this time. Now, Square is my big one, Matt. We got Final Fantasy being supposedly being talked about the new final fantasy and forspoken also being talked about both of these titles i am very interested in so i'm like yep 
I need them to be talking. I need to hear and see some new trailers, video, etc., dev things. I don't care what it is. I want to hear about it. I mostly agree with you because I am very excited to see both of those games, learning more about them. But it's 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 right around the corner, dude. And there's still games that are coming out right around the corner from right around the corner. Mm-hmm. I feel... <sighs> I, I had no idea when E3 was or when it was even coming up, so this is all news to me. So I am excited, but at the same time, I'm still overwhelmed by the fact that we have so many games right now and right around the corner that I'd like, that I almost don't want to see anything. Talked about. Yeah, you want to <laughs> put on the blinders and not uh-huh. know anything anymore, so that way you're Cause, not sad. Because if I look and I see another awesome game releasing later this year or coming 2022, that's going to be right around the corner from right around the corner from right around the corner. It's going to be this deluge of games, just like a California mudslide just sliding down into my lap. And the saddest part, that's not even it, man. Because on top of all those I mentioned being here, you know, you got Nintendo talking about Breath of the Wild 2, Splatoon 3 coming out, Capcom with Monster Hunter Stories 2 they're going to be talking about, Far Cry 6 from Ubisoft. I mean, tons of stuff. And on top of it, they've promised like interactive demos, things like that coming live as you're checking it out. So we're going to get cool, hey, you could play the demo now. You can do this. You can interact here on this. If you sign in from 3 to 6, you can see a special thing on this particular game. All that's going to be happening over the course of those several days, four days or whatever it is. But on top of it all, Jeff is like, yeah, I got my own thing. Remember that summer game fest thing we did last year? It was really weird and spanned out like three months and was, just made no sense. and was chaotic. Well, I'm coming back, but I'm coming back more organized. He's promised that it's going to be in a much tighter window. And apparently June 1st is right now the start date for it. I'm not 100% on that. I went through <laughs> several different sources. And he has also promised tons of studios announcing stuff. In fact, he just put up a picture the other day with him and Kojima laughing and giggling together again. So guess what? I imagine him and Kojima announcing whatever Kojima's doing next. Matt, man, oh, man. And here's one for you, too. He promised the Day of the Devs is coming back this year. So they're doing a developer showcase all about the indies coming up, coming out this year, showcasing <sighs> all their stuff. You're going to get it with the Summer Game Fest coming up. Tons of new titles, tons of new games. And he also promised that we're going to get, oh, my God, and today you can play the demo of this. And for this, you can check out this. We're getting two huge events this June full of new announcements, game titles, freaking indies, big dog AAA games. Demos being released. Woo, woo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that that phrase that I think there's, I think there's even a Reddit subreddit for this called "Thanks, I hate it" because <laughs> there's too much, there's too much stuff going on. I can't deal with more. But then when you say Kojima's got something coming out, my little ears perk up. Oh, and you I said, do, do "Hey, a whole bunch of indie stuff," and my ears perked up a little bit higher. And then they shot out through the roof. I'm excited. I can't wait to see more stuff. Everybody knows I'm the biggest Kojima fanboy, apparently. Anything he does, I will look at. I'll be interested in. I got to know more about it. So when you say they're probably doing something, they're getting ready to to tease something at least or announce something, announce the tease of the announcement. You got got me hyped. You got me hooked. You you put the fish hook in my mouth for this one. And And then you started reeling me in because you said indie games. And I went, oh, man. And let me just juice it up one little bit more, Matt. So for the Summer Games Fest, one of the promised titles where we're going to get some more info, gameplay, etc. is Sea of Stars. You remember that? You remember that title? Yes. I remember it because I'm still in their development Discord. So every couple <laughs> weeks they're like, hey, we're doing a stream. And I go, I can't look at you right now. There's too many games. Mm-hmm. So to see a more organized and more formal vertical slice, ooh, I can't wait to see it because what I have been seeing looks freaking amazing and not to go off on a tangent but it's got all kinds of mechanics and stuff that i wouldn't have even thought that they would be putting in there like oh it's just it's that game looks gorgeous. amazing i amazing. can't wait to see more of it in like i said a more formal fashion to mm-hmm. get everybody hyped so that everybody can be jumping around throwing their babies in the airs yes it's just a ton man and it's right around the corner and it's just something that we won't go and elaborate on it or whatever because we'll talk about it more when they got really concrete everything going on. Yeah. But I just wanted to get everybody aware of this. June, two giant events with all the games, everybody. If you're listening to this and you haven't been paying attention, guess what? 
this it's real. We're about to get all the cool announcements, all the cool things again, like we used to have pre-pandemic, pre-world, mm. you know, world ending, etc. It's coming back. And yes, it's in a you know online form and not actually people in person doing crazy stuff. But, but it you're can all online be just anyway. As good. Yeah, you're online. You all watch E3 on your phones regardless. Yeah, we're so. not rich people who are actually there in the per- in person doing all the cool stuff. We were already doing that. So for us, nothing's really changed. Yeah. We just get to see tons of cool announcements, all sorts of cool interactive demos. All this, as long as it all comes to fruition, what they're promising and talking about anyway. I'm I'm very much excited. I feel like I get to have my wonderful little Disney trip, you know what I mean, that yeah. I used to always have come June and sit there and we'll have our whole episode of what we think's going to happen once we get the concretes and then post what what did happen, how we feel about it. We're back. We're back. It feels so good. I'm going to have to check my PTO at work cuz I've already got like the 2 weeks coming up way later. I'm going to mm-hmm. see if I can take off at least one or two. Of those uh, E3 days, so I can just get my little, oh, little yeah. big old tub of popcorn and just boom, the E3 channel is up. Mm. Oh, it's gonna be good. I'm, uh, now I'm getting hyped. See? I was sad, Woo. but now I'm hyped again. Can't wait. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew and we could all get hyped together because I feel like even though these are two huge events, if you're not really just paying attention and watching all this stuff, yeah. it's kind of just floating a little bit under the radar. So. Get out there and check it out. Get hyped. Get pumped because we're about to see some really cool stuff. And I feel like Nintendo might bring a little heat because we're about mid-year now. And you know Nintendo's got something up their sleeve. Everybody's mm-hmm. been talking about it. Everybody's been kind of hitting and hooming at it. It might be the time. This might be the time. I can't wait. I'm excited. So what do you think out there in podcast listener land? Is this the time? Are you excited? Are you hyped? Are you as hyped as I am now? Or are you still a little bit sad like I was earlier when this first got brought up? Let us know via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. And of course, what do I always say? Blow the dust off your Facebook. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Log in for the first time in three years. We're not just a birthday calendar thing. We're there. You and me, Eric and I, we're there. Just chill like a villain over there on Facebook. And I'll tell you what. Facebook's been good. Facebook's been actually having some cool, chill content lately, all right? I'm telling you what. Twitter's been a little bit wild, a little bit crazy. Facebook? No. Hey, you know what? Look at my baby. She's so pretty. Oh, that's cute. And boom, I can move on. Nothing nothing bad. No crazy statements. No hot takes. It's nice. It's calmed down a bit over there. It's just, you gotta be, you're just being watched and... And whatnot, constantly, that's all. And I was going to say, I prefer Instagram where it's literally just a picture. And if you don't want to read the caption, you don't have to. But it's still run by Facebook, so you're getting watched, monitored, and tracked, and it's fine. Yeah, exactly. So there's that part. But guess what? Hey, spoiler, you're being watched and monitored all the time. Anyway, folks, no. don't act like it's a surprise. <laughs> no, thing. Siri didn't start putting up Mass Effect Legendary stuff as soon as, as we soon started as talking, talking about it. it. That's not no, like every ad I see now. Yeah, no way. Uh, when I mentioned pickled bologna to my father-in-law, it's not like an ad appeared on my phone for pickled bologna at Meyer. No. <laughs> Are you looking for pickled bologna? Check it out at your Check local Meyer. Meyer's got it on sale. Dollar off right now. So get over it, folks. You're being watched all the time. It's okay. Go on, Come on over to Facebook. Just enjoy it. You'll have a great time. And, of course, <laughs> while you're having a great time on Facebook, you should also hop on over to Patreon. It's a little old joint. We here at Third Shift treat it like a little old tip jar. You know, we don't want you throwing over all the money to us forever. We understand you got to pay them bills. But if you do have the extra money and you do want to throw it to us forever, we would gladly take it. Any kind of bucks. One buck, two bucks, three bucks. Anything that you guys think we deserve for hosting a show, giving you some fun content, that's awesome. And if you say, I ain't got no money, bro, that's fine too. You can help us out by any other kind of means. You know, mailbag questions, interacting with us on the Twitter, on the Facebook that we just joked about, going over, giving us the five-star ratings. All that stuff helps us out, keeps the show running, keeps things rocking and rolling, and we do appreciate it so very much. It's what's kept us going all these years for you. Absolutely, it has. And, of course, you can check out the very next episode, which will be dropping on the 20th of May. You can find that on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. As I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. We do indeed. And you know, Matt, you didn't tell me. You didn't say, hey, guess what? We got a five-star review. You didn't do that. You know, last week I talked about it. We were on a river floating, sad. We were. And There's nobody, no way we got one. What are you nobody, talking about? Nobody helped us, huh? 
Nobody helped us. Nobody Let me look. Got us I'm looking. Through. I'm looking right now. I'm, I, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to give you false information. Let's see. Not a single soul, huh? Cared about us on that lonely river. <laughs> I can't believe it. Nothing. Nothing yeah. new. Well, Damn it. All right, everybody. I'm injecting this serum into my veins right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I got this from an Indonesian man, and he's promised me. That if I don't receive a five star in the next week, <laughs> three of you will die. Okay, three people that I think of out there that are listeners will die. Promised. Indonesian <laughs> man told me that this is the case. He said it. I was gonna say this made it. no sense, but now you have like the, you have like Charles Xavier with Cerebro yes, on, powers. with my Cerebro Frank cap on. <laughs> I have that. I'm not, I'm not like threatening, but I just want to let you know that is how this goes. So I really recommend that five star rating. Just saying. <laughs> it's up to you all. It's up to you all. I know your faces. You know, I find you. He finds you on Facebook and looks at the faces of you and your family. <laughs> well, Jesus Christ, Derek, you can't be doing this stuff. Children, too, Matt. It's not just them. <laughs> Okay, we no. Okay, we gotta go. Don't forget to save everybody. Don't forget to save yourselves by getting us a five star review. Shut up and sit down.